What's happening guys? Sam Adams here and welcome to a brand new episode of Caffeinate today for April the 11th of 2019. My name is Samuel Adams and welcome to today's show. Of course, if you are brand new to the program, this is hosted on twitch.tv slash the Samuel Adams five days a week, Monday through Friday at 7 a.m. Eastern time. But it's a podcast where I let you guys know the hottest gaming news going on within the industry. Of course, it is live, but it's put up on YouTube and podcast services around the world if you did want to enjoy it in a bit of a different format but today we have some of the biggest news of the year sony is finally allowing for psn online id changes that's a big deal especially for people like me that had an absolutely awful psn id since the mid 2000s so it was a change that i was grateful for and one that i took advantage of nearly immediately after it went live so we'll talk more about that how much it will cost but if you want to change it for the first time it's free because, you know, you've had to uh, live with that name for quite a while. On top of that, Troy Baker is not in Borderlands 3, according to Randy Pitchford, but he was asked, so we'll talk about what that means. Monster Hunter World, Prey, Life is Strange 2, Episode 2, and more are coming to Xbox Game Pass in April. If there has ever been a month in which you should dive into Xbox Game Pass, it's probably April of 2019. Now, Ubisoft CEO Yves Gamo has said some stuff about live games, and that is the nature of a game that comes out and then has updates for years after that, uh, and I wanted to cover that for just a moment because it's something I talked about on Twitter, and whenever I talk about something on Twitter, I tend to want to bring it to the show. Xbox will reveal its E3 2019 and FanFest plans next week, and Detective Pikachu will roll out to theaters with an exclusive Pokemon trading card, and those are our stories for today's show. Now, of course, as I said, I do hope you enjoy it, and if you're new, welcome on in. But without further ado, let's go ahead and dive into today's top stories. Sony finally allows PSN online ID changes, but not every game will play nicely with the feature. After months of teasing and years of waiting, Sony is finally letting you change your PSN online ID. As of later on April the 10th, April 11th for Europe, all PlayStation 4 users can change their handles either on console or through a web browser. The first change is free, while any subsequent changes will cost 10 bucks if you aren't subscribed to PlayStation Plus and 5 bucks if you are. You can revert back to an old ID for free and you don't have to worry about someone poaching that past alias. I mean, there are so many people lined up wanting Awesome Gamer 875 that I was just really hesitant until I got to that sentence. But as hinted earlier, there are significant caveats. Officially, only games released for the first time after April 1st of 2018 have been designed to support ID changes, and there is still one unspecified title that has problems. While a large majority of popular PS4 games should work, Sony cannot guarantee that a name change won't cause hiccups. There is a compatibility list that shows the potential problems you might face, including with a few titles such as Just Dance 2017 and Little Big Planet 3 with critical issues that break the experience. PS3 and PS Vita games do not support the feature, so if you do not play on PS3 and PS Vita, there still might be a couple of issues, but overwhelmingly if you're playing newer games you should be okay. Now it's arguably an overdue change when Xbox owners have long had the option of changing their gamer tags, and the technical limitations could leave many people sticking with their names for a long time. But still, Sony had to start somewhere if it was going to make a feature available in the first place, and let's face it, if you've been stuck with an embarrassing ID for years, you're probably willing to make a few compromises to choose something more appropriate. And indeed I was, uh, because as I said, I had been rocking Awesome Gamer 875 since roughly 2006, uh, I believe roughly thereabouts. 
and so I was deeply ready for a change. I had been ready for a change for a very long time, and as somebody who doesn't necessarily go back and play older games online frequently, I wasn't that concerned. Of course, there are some issues with games, but that's just kind of the nature of the PlayStation Network. Uh, for those that don't know why this has been a problem, essentially where Steam and Xbox aren't necessarily tying accounts directly to gamer tags and whatever you call yourself online, the PlayStation Network was built in such a way that whatever your username was, was how you were identified within the system. I know that's a little bit confusing, but essentially you were tied there and it was in concrete. It was very solidified that you were that name and that name represented you. And in the system, that's how everything worked. And so they had to figure out a way to change things on the back end without completely and totally rebuilding the PlayStation Network from the ground up. And that's essentially what we see coming to a head here today. Uh, so if you did want to change your PSN online ID, weigh the options. You know, some of the games that you might like to play that might not necessarily be newer games may have some issues. So you know, keep that in mind going into it. But if you're somebody that has an absolutely horrible username uh, and you want to change it, it's always a fantastic option to do so, even when you might have to make a couple of concessions to make that happen. For me, I have been wanting a new name for years, and you might say, Sam, why don't you just sign up for a brand new PSN account? I would, but I have a ton of trophies on Awesome Gamer 875, and so I wanted to I wanted to keep those because that's literally half of my childhood. I didn't go out to parties in high school. Oh no, I was earning trophies like a man. Uh, so um, I I digress. If you did want to change it, the option is now there. Of course, very much a highly anticipated feature of a PS4 in 2019, and now it is officially live. But when Borderlands 3 comes out, you can take advantage of that new PSN ID. However, you won't be hearing Troy Baker while you do it. Troy Baker is not in Borderlands 3, but Randy Pitchford says that he was asked. The popular voice actor comments on Rise appearance in the game. Perennial Games voice actor Troy Baker will not be appearing in Borderlands 3, despite the fact that his Borderlands character will feature in the upcoming game. The actor said he is willing to reprise his Borderlands role, but the game was made without his involvement. Troy Baker plays Rise and Tales from the Borderlands, and Rise appears in Borderlands 3. Baker says he would have gladly reprised the role if he had been asked. Baker fielded fan questions about his work in Melbourne, Australia this past weekend. I really want Gearbox to know that if they're going to bring back characters from Telltale Borderlands, it should really be the people who originated the characters, he said, riffing on a fan's question. And of course, you can watch his full appearance via a link in the article, which I have linked down below. Now, Gearbox's Randy Pitchford was asked about Baker's absence from the game on Twitter and suggest he was asked but turned it down, while later praising Baker's previous work. So... As we said, Borderlands 3 is out September the 13th. Interesting discussions to be had, so it seems like there might have been some kind of miscommunication and or somebody's quite frankly not telling the truth here. Uh, of course, whenever it comes to maintaining, uh, I guess, a sense of normalcy when it comes to characters, it's always good to be able to bring back the voice actors that were there before to bring back, uh, you know, the people that have made these characters famous. And that's always a fantastic, uh, you know, idea to strive for. But sometimes things just don't work out and I think nobody really wants to take the blame for this one. Of course, this very well could have been a complete and total miscommunication. Maybe there was some kind of issue with Troy Baker's manager and he didn't get the email or it went to spam or something like that. Wouldn't that be a way to get fired? Uh, but 
Again, uh, disappointing to see that he won't be in Borderlands 3 because Troy Baker, when it comes to the video game industry, is up there when it comes to the people that are respected, the people that are, are praised, the people that have genuinely built up an incredible career in the gaming industry. Troy Baker is one that comes to mind immediately. And so to hear that he's not going to be coming back as Rise is a little bit disappointing. I'm sure that the you know new voice actor, new actor for Rise is going to be fantastic. But at the end of the day... Troy Baker, man. I mean, I, that would have been that would have been great. That would have been great. But I did want to bring it up and mention it on today's show. But let's move on back to gaming news. Monster Hunter World, Prey, Life is Strange 2, Episode 2, and more are coming to Xbox Game Pass in April. Microsoft has announced six new titles for members of its Xbox Game Pass monthly subscription service, including monsters of various forms. April 11th, you're getting Prey and the Golf Club 2. April the 18th, you are getting Monster Hunter World and The Walking Dead, A New Frontier. April 24th is Life is Strange 2, Episode 2, and April 25th is Resident Evil 5. Uh, so these are some pretty impressive Game Pass games because of the fact that you get stuff like Monster Hunter World, Prey, uh, and Resident Evil 5. Of course, the other ones are mentioned, you know, worth mentioning too. But when it comes down to it, Game Pass is becoming a truly, truly uh, necessity, I think I would say, when it comes to, to the Xbox culture because it's just offering so many quality games for such an affordable price and of course these will come and go as time does pass you know in six months will monster hunter world still be up there ah, it's up in the air if it will be i would say it might but it's cool to see these big games these big names coming to game pass and i think that's what's going to push this service into one that kind of lays a foundation for where this type of service is going to be in the future I would love to see more of this kind of thing going forward. I would love to see more of these big games. And, of course, Game Pass has been doing this exact style of, of acquisition for a while, bringing these big names. And, and I think going into the next Xbox, you're going to be seeing more big games to increase people's you know drive to actually get in on a service they may or may not actually be confident in. Uh, so we will see what happens with this. But if you did want to pick up Monster Hunter World, Prey, Life is Strange 2 Episode 2, or Resident Evil 5, as well as The Walking Dead, A New Frontier, uh, you might want to check that one out. Also, honorable mention to The Golf Club 2. Didn't mention that one, but it's a pretty good-looking golf game. I remember talking about it on an episode of The Drop. Uh, but now let's talk about Yves Gamo, because live games give devs a chance to refine rather than start from scratch, according to the Ubisoft CEO. Now, Ubisoft's Yves Gamo explores the company's trend towards live games in an interview with IGN. Ubisoft CEO and co-founder Yves Gamo sat down with IGN's Unfiltered Podcast to run through his time with the company and talk about the philosophies Ubisoft takes towards things like monetization and live development. Many of Ubisoft's biggest releases fall under the category of live games and have evolved quite a bit since their launch, i.e. Uh, Rainbow Six Siege. If you look at that game at launch and compare it to today, very different game. Those gradual improvements and continued support are things that Ubisoft has credited in the past with helping to maintain strong and growing player bases. That includes titles like Ubisoft Still Thriving, as I said, Rainbow Six Siege, and something Gimo discusses briefly with IGN. In a clip from the full interview, Gimo says that Ubisoft aims to create worlds and games that offer players reasons to stick around for the long haul, either through gameplay or social features. Live games, he explains, provide a unique way for the company to accomplish this. It's easier for us to improve and increase the number of possibilities that the game can bring than restart from scratch, Gimo tells IGN. Yes, we need also to have a bit of monetization with those games so that it can pay for the content all the teams are doing, but you can do better when you don't have to redo everything, I would say. The full near 
long hour chat is well worth a listen, as well as can be found on IGN's website and podcast feeds. Uh, but this is something I commented on on Twitter, and I wanted to bring it up again. Because live games, I would say, are a huge part of the industry today, but I would say one of the best big benefits of modern gaming because back in the early 2000s uh, whenever a game would come out it was just kind of like the game would launch and that was the game for the rest of history that's what that game would be remembered as and so now you have a game that can launch and completely and totally shift over time to become something that is not only a deeper experience for gamers but also better develops the ideas that the team behind the game had going into the project and I think that's something that brings a lot of value as you are picking out what games you want to buy, what communities you want to invest in, and also as you begin to want more from your game, and even I would go so far as to say is that when a game launches and it's not a quality game, the fact that a game is a live service now can completely change the game over the course of six, eight, nine months a year maybe. Uh, for instance, Destiny 2, if you look at D2, whenever that launched, it was a huge disappointment for the majority of people uh, that were looking forward to Destiny 2. Of course, some people enjoyed it, some people uh, grinned and, and, and bared it, I suppose is the, is the correct pronunciation of that. Uh, but, uh, at the end of the day, it was not a good game on launch, and so as more content rolled out, and as more improvements came, and as more, you know, shifting and balancing came through uh, various updates, uh, you began to see the community flip on it and it began to become something that was much more in line with what people had wanted from Destiny 2 and if that game had launched and just hit and and went off and and was never to return it would have been completely and totally lost to history Anthem is also poised to do the exact same thing of course a lot of company issues going on behind the scenes over there but that's a topic for another day uh, so with this live games and games as a service kind of thing going on, I think that's a big deal and I think it's something that could definitely bring a lot of value going into it. Uh, but cool to see that the Ubisoft CEO is taking note of the fact that live games are a big part of the gaming industry and a pretty awesome opportunity uh, to make some pretty fantastic experiences for players. But let's talk about some more fantastic experiences for players coming because Xbox will reveal its E3 2019 and FanFest plans next week. Microsoft is airing an all-new episode of Inside Xbox on Tuesday, April the 16th at 2 p.m. Pacific Time, 5 p.m. Eastern Time, where it will talk about its plans for E3 2019 and Xbox Fan Fest as announced on Wednesday. The hour-long show will also share some Xbox Game Pass news and give more information on the Sea of Thieves anniversary update. There will be first details and footage from the upcoming Warhammer Chaos Bane beta and an exclusive look at Bethesda's upcoming first-person shooter Rage 2. The Coalition Studio head Rod Ferguson will stop by possibly to talk about Gears 5 and there will be some Xbox One backwards compatibility announcements. Plus, Xbox said there are several surprises waiting that they are saving for the show itself. E3 2019 takes place June 11th through the 13th at the Los Angeles Convention Center, and while competitor Sony is skipping the show for the first time this year, Microsoft will be there, and Xbox boss Phil Spencer believes it is going to be fun for the company. Obviously, there was some big news about E3 in the fall, and we had a discussion internally of, should we go big? Should we save some money? He said in a January chat with Larry Major Nelson Herb. 
Xbox Live's director of programming, we decided, no, we are going to do our thing, and we're going to go and be as big at E3 as we've ever been, and I love that opportunity. I love the opportunity to be with our fans in the industry. Microsoft will be there, and it will reportedly talk about its next-gen plans. It could also reveal more about its streaming game service, xCloud, and of course, public trials begin sometime later this year. And you can check out the Inside Xbox episode on Mixer, Twitch, YouTube, Facebook, and Twitter as well when it rolls out next Tuesday, April the 16th. I believe I got that date correctly. Uh, so if you did want to see what the future of Xbox could bring, of course, E3 is a big part of the gaming industry, an exciting time for those of us that are into covering the gaming news, because that's pretty much where you can get a glimpse into what's coming for the next year when it comes to the industry itself. Now this year, E3 is going to be a bit different. My coverage of E3 will be a bit different because it seems like there's less emphasis on E3. Of course, I am sure a ton of information uh, will likely be revealed around that time period, but at the same time, it's not going to have quite the same presence as it has in years past. So we will see how this goes, and we will see if... Sony comes back or Xbox bows out next year. Of course, uh, big time, big shifts going on where everything is less focused in the gaming industry on the physical presence of a company. You don't necessarily have to be at a show to have a presence at a show, and Nintendo has proven this for years, and I think that even with PlayStation events, you're going to be seeing that uh, a proven fact. But if you did want to tune into Inside Xbox and see what E3 2019 is going to be like, uh, then you can do that again next Tuesday, April the 16th at 2 p.m. Pacific Time and 5 p.m. Eastern Time. Now, finally, uh, Detective Pikachu, a movie that I expected to flop, but I think is actually becoming one that I'm looking forward to, uh, is going to roll out to theaters with an exclusive Pokemon trading card. A bit of nostalgia for people in their 20s and 30s, which is oh so true. Detective Pikachu is going to continue an ad adored Pokemon movie tradition by giving audiences a special edition Detective Pikachu trading card pack. Pokemon diehards who want to get their hands on Detective Pikachu trading cards will have to go to opening weekend according to Warner Bros. The pack comes with two cards. One is a randomly selected Pokemon from the current generation of trading cards in stores now, but changed slightly to incorporate their incorporate, excuse me, their CGI likenesses, and the second is guaranteed to be a limited edition Detective Pikachu card. It's a pretty big deal, especially for those who ventured out to theaters in the early aughts to get their hands on a special Pokemon card like Ancient Mew. It's a nostalgia trip that will hit many of us hard where it counts. Uh, so if you did want to check it out, of course, Detective Pikachu is going to be coming out in just a couple of months, I think. It should be a summer, uh, May 10th, so a little bit less than a month uh, if you did want to dive in and not only check out the movie, but go on opening weekend and get these cards. Also, I would recommend highly leaving them wrapped and burying them in a box in your backyard for 30 years. Pop back out. There you go. There's your retirement fund. Let's assume these things become rare. Uh, but if you did want to check out the movie, looks pretty good. CGI, very impressive. I'm more excited about Lion King, but that's just me. But that rounds out today's show. Of course, if you did enjoy today's show, be sure to drop me a like down below. And of course, if you are brand new to the program, this is a show hosted five days a week, Monday through Friday at 7 a.m. Eastern time on twitch.tv slash the Samuel Adams. Then it's up on YouTube and podcast services around the world. But until tomorrow, you guys have a fantastic rest of the day. I will talk to you soon and peace. Peace.